there is absolutely no way the National League wild card race could get any wilder. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. I'm going to put up my lower third right now to prove it. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last 10 years or so, and this is my fifth full season here as a member of the Lockdown Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel Sportsbook. Guess what? It's the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter or whatever it's called now on Instagram. I think it's still called Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Hey, a lot of people guessed correctly the the trivia question that I had for yesterday, which was, who are the only two current members of the Baseball Hall of Fame who were Yankees who hit World Series walk-off home runs? And there are a lot of great home run hitters to choose from. The answer is Mickey Mantle and Derek Jeter. It was never Babe Ruth. It was never Lou Gehrig. It was never Joe DiMaggio. It was never Reggie Jackson. It was Mickey Mantle and Derek Jeter. So there you go. Amy Green was one of the ones who got it correct. Uh, she's at a uh, at, on Twitter. Is that what it's called now? I'm calling it Twitter because that's what it's referring to. Uh, her Twitter handle is at AJG. One, four, two, three. And Amy also pointed something out. And I guess Amy knows that my mother listens to this podcast every day. And my mother is quick to point out uh, grammatical errors or anything like that. And she wrote to me, uh, Sully Baseball on Twitter. Uh, I have to ask, does your mom get on you about saying, look it too much? It doesn't bother me, but I notice it. Well, uh, I never realized until you wrote that that I say look at a lot. But look at, I'm going to try not to have it be too much in the back of my head right now. I'm not going to overthink things. And my mother has not said anything bad about it. So I'm going to move forward and try my best to podcast the best I can. Um, so. Let's just jump right in and look at I did it again. The wild card race. The whole idea of the wild card race when it was first created was a response basically to some of the great years when you had hundred some odd win teams sitting out the postseason while inferior teams made it in. The last season before there was any wild card race was 1993 when the San Francisco Giants won 103 games, the second most in all of baseball, 
but were playing golf when the baseball playoffs began because they lost to the Braves in the division who won 104. Now, as someone who was following the Giants quite closely that year, because my father was going crazy for the Giants that year, to this day, that I mean, the Giants have won three World Series since then. And to this day, that injustice makes me mad. Not that there wasn't a wild card team. It's that they lost the Western Division to the Atlanta Braves. Now, I don't know if you got an A in geography, but Atlanta is on the East Coast. Not on the coast. It's on. It's on. It's on. It's in the Eastern Time Zone. And why they were ever in a division with San Francisco will never cease to frustrate me because that would have been one of the greatest National League Championship Series of all time. Now, would the Braves have won it? Yeah, I think so, probably because they were loaded with Hall of Famers. But the Giants had Barry Bonds. Thin Barry Bonds, fast Barry Bonds, five-tool Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds with a chip on his shoulder, Barry Bonds with something to prove, and reviving the San Francisco Giants. That's, you know, look at, there, I said, look at, oh, Amy, you're in my head. That's one of the, the, the what-ifs in baseball history that to this day I, I find agonizing because I wanted that giant team to win a year after they were about to move to Florida bringing in Barry Bonds and winning in Candlestick Park. All of those things would have just been perfect, and they lost to Atlanta. Anyway, the wild card was created to produce new interests, keep some of the races alive. And what it did is something that was impossible before was to be able to have teams like, you know, the Red Sox and Yankees playing in a postseason. Two of the great ALCSs in the history of the League Championship Series were 03 and 04 which would have been impossible in the old way. I think the wild card has been a success and I have to eat crow about that because I was, I'm so glad I didn't have a podcast back in 1993 because I was militantly anti wild card because of all the get off my lawn and my day you had to win the division. Stupid. I was stupid then. Now they've expanded the playoffs, expanded the playoffs and I have just grown to roll with it. Now, there is the danger, and we saw the potential of the danger last year, that teams that play, if you, if you don't play, it's not necessarily a good thing. Having a, an extra day or two rest is good. Having three or four extra days of rest uh, doesn't always work out, and we saw that as the, you know, the, the Dodgers and the Mets and the Braves were all eliminated by the end of the division series. All the 100-win teams were gone. But it does create excitement. It does create a sense of trying to look at the standings every day. Now, yesterday I talked about the two teams in the National League that are the gold standard that I actually want to see in the league championship series. Not that I'm a Braves fan, not that I'm a Dodger fan, but they are the two best teams, and I want to see the best teams match up. Kind of like how I wanted in 1993 – I wanted the Braves to face off against the Giants, and we never got a chance to see it. And Philadelphia, who was a nice story, but was the inferior team, got to be the one in the in the World Series. I, that, I, that still has a bad taste in my mouth. But the wild card, the teams that are on the edge of contention in the National League, not the Braves and the Dodgers who are the gold standards, but the ones who are straggling around there trying to get that third wild card spot, 
knowing full well that the team that got the third wildcard spot last year went all the way to the World Series and got to within two wins of winning the whole kit and also the caboodle. That makes the third wildcard spot kind of sort of important. And going into play on Wednesday, the Miami Marlins had that all to themselves. Even though they lost the game to Houston on Tuesday night, they went into Wednesday the all by themselves for that third wildcard spot. Pretty clear cut. Marlins, the third one. Now, at the end of the day, we have anarchy. We have all that we could really want, and what I think all baseball fans should want, which is anarchy at this point. Because right at the the, the Marlins played first of all of the contenders, and boy, oh boy, did they wet the bed. They were down five runs before they even came to bat against Houston. Houston beat them like they were mad. And while the Marlins did manage to make it a ball game, a six-run, they let up five runs in the first and six runs in the seventh. That's not good. That's not good. They wound up losing the game 12-5 to to the Houston Astros. With that, they invited anarchy. Now, the Cincinnati Reds, remember America's team? Remember how they called everyone up and for a while it looked like they were going to be the darlings of baseball? And they, 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 they ain't no stopping us now. And those were, those were the Reds. Well, though, apparently there's a lot of stopping them now because they fell out of first place and fell totally out of the wild card chase. But aha, they faced the Guardians, their cohorts in Ohio, and some great defense. And there was a, a TJ Friedel. Made a great catch, stealing a home run, and then you got a bunch of a bunch of offense from Cincinnati, including a Matt uh, McLean two-run home run. And next thing you know, the Reds clobbered their Ohio mates from Cleveland, seven to two, which then brought us to Chicago. In the All Chicago series, the White Sox looked like they were going to have a leg up. They had a three-to-one lead going into the ninth, and Christopher Morrell hit a three-run, walk-off, go-ahead home run. And look it, I know there's an old-school mentality that says put your head down and run around the bases like you've been there before. And sometimes you have to say to hell with that. Sometimes you have to say show some joy, which is exactly what Morel did when he hit that home run. He was running, he was jumping, he was taking his shirt off. It was fabulous. It was pure joy. And look at, and I said, look at again. I am not a Cubs fan. Of the two Chicago teams, I lean a little more towards the White Sox in terms of who I'd rather see win. But when you see someone circling the bases with such a joie de vivre, I don't say that too much, do I, Amy? With such a happiness of saying, we're still in it. I did this. This is good. I have to admit, it made me smile. It made me smile because we are now in the second half of August. And I don't and you don't know who the heck is going to be the third wildcard team in the National League. And it's got to the point where there's only, what, 40, 41, 42 games left, depending on which team you're talking about. So when you have that tiny amount of games to go, you could take all your analysis and throw it right into the Pacific Ocean because it doesn't matter. There's not enough games 
to analyze or make predictions. If you don't believe me, go back to the beginning of the year. We're about 40 games into the season. What kind of evaluations were you doing on the teams? That, ah, it's too soon, too small a sample size. That's right. But we're now in the other part of it. It's too small a sample size. I say, well, this team is an advantage of that. And don't give me the, well, strength of schedule shows that this team and that. This is the point where you take strength of schedule and you mash it up and you put it in the compost heap. Because some of those lousy teams are going to come up and beat some good teams. It happens every year. And one of the reasons is there's a lot of professional players on every one of those teams who are frustrated that they know that this season has come to naught. Was that even remotely grammatically correct? I don't know. I'm going to have to ask Amy. But they're frustrated. They're mad. And in comes a team that thinks that, oh, they're going to walk over us. To heck with you. We're going to grab you and pull you into the mire. We see a lot of, we got nothing to lose. You're trying to win. We've got nothing to lose. We're going to play fast. We're going to play loose. It's going to be really embarrassing for you to lose this game. And with that, we're seeing that we could have a whole lot of craziness coming in. Now, in these games on Thursday, right now, all of those teams, Miami, Chicago, Cincinnati, are all tied. And they're all idle on Thursday. But guess what? The Diamondbacks are playing the Padres. If the Diamondbacks win, then they'll only be half a game out. Which means there's a team who could make it a four-way race for that final spot. And if you don't have a dog... In any of those fights, and I do not, look it. That's all you can ask for. Anarchy. Hey, uh, we got ourselves a brand new sponsor. If you don't believe me, look what I'm going to put at the bottom of the screen. It's Nutrafol. Now, look at I happen to be blessed that I am not experiencing the weakened or thinning hair situation. But I know a lot of people are. And do you know what? You don't have to choose between better hair growth or your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think that losing their hair is inevitable. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-based hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. It's the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair Growth supplements use physician-formulated, natural, science-based ingredients. They're drug-free. Patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health either. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair health wellness quiz. Identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through your whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, 
bad bullpens, lifestyle, metabolism through whole body health. And it works. Clinical call, clinical study says that 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. So take the first step to thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Find out why 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, dot com slash men and enter prode locked on mlb that's com slash men promo code locked on mlb looks like we have a couple people watching the live stream right now uh hey here's a comment hey <laughs> uh craig brindle our resident uh trivia champion Probably was listening to be talking about the Cubs, and he's coming. He's talking. He's a big Cub fan. He's talking a little trash right now. He says, "Go Cubs! The Cubs are going to win the division." Well, look at um, as of now, I'm sure you're you're riding high on the walk off home run there, Craig. Um, and you know what? Look at with the Cub victory and the fact that the the Dodgers uh, smacked around Milwaukee. The Cubs are only two games back in the loss column behind the Milwaukee Brewers for the lead in the division. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, the You know, I've, I've been rough on the Angels. I'm going to just switch gears a little bit to the American League. I've been rough on the Angels, and, and justifiably so. I think they made an absolutely critical mistake by not trading Shohei Otani or not signing him. I think the amount of money he brings into the team, whatever money he said, this is what I want. Cut the check. You'll make 10 times that. Whatever he asked for was going to be a bargain, no matter what it was. And you can start selling season tickets and, and merchandise. But they did neither. They didn't trade. They didn't sign them. And now they're in the never, they're in never, never land. Now, the Angels are now in spoiler mode. And they played the Rangers, who are in first place in the American League West. But with the, uh, the with the Angels' victory tonight and Houston beating up on the Marlins, the Astros are only two and a half games back, three back in the loss column of the Texas Rangers. Well, this was almost one of those magical nights. Um, it was Reed Detmers was on the mound, and he took a no-hitter into the eighth inning. Into the eighth, but it was one nothing. And when they brought him out for the eighth inning, I was listening to it because I can't watch it because we've cut the cord here and I live in Los Angeles County, which means I'm not allowed to watch angels games on my app. Uh, I'm going to talk about that later. Uh, not on this episode because it's too much. I'm too angry. Uh, if you subscribe to the MLB.com app and you pay the subscription fee, you should be able to watch any game. Blackout rules don't matter anymore. They're stupid. And I shouldn't have to look around. Is it on Peacock? Is it on Amazon? Is it on this? It is on that. I'm paying the subscription. I want to watch the game. I want to watch Shohei Otani, which I can't. That's smart. That's very smart, MLB. But I looked up at one point. He was uh, Dabbers was throwing a no hitter into the eighth inning, but the score was only one nothing. 
So I'm going like, wow, any time, you know, the, the, the Rangers who can hit are always one swing away from tying this game. And of course, why was it one nothing? Why was it one nothing? Because Shohei Otani hit a home run. You know, he could wind up being a top three Cy Young finisher and have a realistic shot at winning the Triple Crown. How do you not just ask him what the number is and sign him? I do, it will never that will never make sense to me ever. But fortunately for the Angels, they picked up an insurance run. Uh, Detmers lost a no hitter in the eighth, and Estevez nearly blew the lead because the Rangers put a bunch of runners on base in the ninth, but they got out of it. So good for the Angels. They're still not, uh, you know, they're, they're still two games under 500. Uh, they can leapfrog the Yankees, who are now a sub 500 team, who they didn't score a run for the final two games against the Atlanta Braves. They actually, Yankees pitched pretty well tonight. They let up a home run to uh, Rosario in the, I think it was the second inning, and that was it. I mean, the Yankees actually, uh, King and the rest of the Yankee bullpen, uh, they did all right. It's just that the, the Yankees can't hit anymore. Who had that? Who had that in the pool? That the Yankees would be really just an atrocious offensive team. But they're, you know, they're gone. They're done. I mean, they're, when you're a sub 500 team in mid-August, you're done. But I'll tell you who's not done is the Seattle Mariners, who won another kind of weird, wild game with Kansas City. Uh, by the way, Bobby Witt Jr. is like is so great. He's like every day he seems to have another great highlight. But today it was time for the Mariners in a in a kind of a wild back and forth game where the the final what was the final what the heck was the final score? The final score was uh six five. I couldn't remember if it was I couldn't remember if it was five four six five. Okay, but it was Julio Rodriguez who the first half of the season was okay. He wasn't great. He was okay. Well, guess what he's being now? He's finding his groove. He got a he had a great day the other day, multiple hit day. Today he had a four hit day at the top of the lineup. Drove in a pair of runs. Uh, you know, got a big double in the middle of their big rally. And Luis Castillo pitched well enough to win. And with that, the Mariners. Are, have snuck right back into the race. And remember how I said the Diamondbacks, if they win, they'll only be a half game out. Well, right now, the, the Seattle Mariners are tied in the loss column with the Toronto Blue Jays, who lost tonight. And if, and I, I got to double check this, see if the uh, the Jays, okay, the, the Mariners are playing an early game against KC. The Blue Jays are idle. So if the Mariners can win against the Kansas City Royals, then the Mariners will be a half game out of one of the wild card spots. And look at we saw last year anyone could win anything, but the American League right now just there's no clear cut favorite. Tampa certainly won uh, today against the uh, against San Francisco, and. But, you know, and Baltimore did not look that you – know, the Baltimore fell asleep and allowed Fernando Tatis Jr. to steal home at a key moment. You know, the Rangers nearly got no hit by a terrible Angels team. The Twins lost. 
you know, the, the Rays are going through turmoil right now. There is no one team in the American League. Even the Astros, who won big, are certainly a vulnerable team. There is no one team in the American League which you say, hey, they are, they're heads and shoulders better than anyone. So if Seattle can weasel their way in in that final spot, they almost have as good a shot as anybody to make it all the way to the World Series. Something that they and they alone, they're the only franchise to never have a trip to the World Series. This is the year when it's wide open. Why not them? Hey, let's talk a little bit about Sleeper. I got the Sleeper app right on my phone. And let me tell you something. With Sleeper, you can make all the right picks and win big and win fast. Now, look, at you want the chance to win more money with fewer picks? Then head to Sleeper, the number one sports app where you can win up to 100 times your bet just on two or more fantasy baseball picks. Do you think that, oh, I don't know, Julio Rodriguez is going to wind up hitting a big home run against Kansas City? Let me tell you something. I think so. And on Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with 100 times payout. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stack categories, like home runs, strikeout hits, and more. Get your pick right, and you can win big. And you can win big with dynamic payouts. And what are dynamic payouts? Well, in short, each player's projection has a multiplier attached to it, as opposed to preset multipliers based on a number of legs in the contest. With dynamic payouts also comes more stat categories to place contests on. You get higher payouts than other apps with fewer picks. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's Terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper when? Today. It is, you're probably hearing this on the 17th day of August, 2023. I am going to be looking at this book here, which I have, and I go to this every once in a while, which is on this day in baseball history. Um, on this day in baseball history, in 1973, Willie Mays hit his final home run, 660 home runs. Um, if the Giants had moved to Minnesota, as they originally were going to, spoke to San Francisco, I fervently believe Willie Mays would be the home run king because Minnesota was a better home run hitter park than Candlestick Park ever was. Uh, but another thing happened. On this day in 1986, uh, making his final appearance, 45-year-old Pete Rose struck out to end a 9-5 to loss against San Diego. And so that, and then at that point in Pete Rose's career, he was the manager, and he was basically a pinch hitter. Remember, they had the DH then in the National League. They had a lot of good hitters on the team. Eric Davis on the team. Dave Park was on the team. Cal Daniels, Nick Sasky. There, there was a, there were a strong offensive team, and Pete Rose was basically a manager and occasional pinch hitter. Every once in a while, starting first, but not often. He was look at say what you want about Pete. He was smart enough to know that his best days were behind him. And on this day in 1986, he played his final game. 
And of course, we found that was in 86. We found out in 1989 that he was betting on games as the manager of the uh, as the manager of the Reds, which is not an obscure no-no. It's not an obscure rule that he broke. And he was rightfully suspended. You know, it doesn't matter if you're the you're the the batting champion or the uh, you know or Joe Bag of Donuts on the on the bench. He was suspended. Now he's still in the conversation. It comes up every year, every year when they have the election for the Hall of Fame. Every year when they announce the ballot for the Hall of Fame, every year when they do the induction of the Hall of Fame, Pete Rose comes up. And for years and years, I have, as I said, and I've talked about this already, that I've talked in the past about why it's wrong to bet on baseball, even if you're betting on them to win. But then I realized, and I talked about this on an episode, the, the weekend of the induction of the Hall of Fame, Pete doesn't want to be in the Hall of Fame. Pete wants to be in the conversation. If he's in the Hall of Fame, he's no longer a relevant person. His story is over. He can't cash in on his martyrdom. He has had many, many opportunities to be reinstated. And every single time, he has done the exact opposite what he has been asked to do for his reinstatement. When someone tells you who they are, believe him the first time. I've talked about this before. I talked about this, and and I did a whole podcast on it. Why am I bringing it up again? I'm bringing it up because today illustrates one of the points I'm having. That event took place 37 years ago. 37 years ago. And if you use the rule of seven, which I said you don't have your first concrete sports memories until you're around seven years old, That means nobody under the age of 42 has even a vague memory of Pete Rose, the player. Anyone 42 or younger, if, if you're 43, you might have a vague memory of Pete Rose pinch hitting. But he wasn't a major player. He wasn't a big part of your life. Basically, you have to be older than 50. I'm 51. And I remember Pete with the Phillies. And I remember Pete helping the Phillies win the World Series. But he was in the back nine of his career at that point. It's been a while. His relevancy as a player is pure nostalgia for older people. And there's, if you are a, if you're a 37-year-old baseball player, you're an old player. Okay. That's how long it's been since he's been even a pinch hitter. And yet he's still in the conversation. And that's because it's by his design. He's cashing in on his martyrdom. He's not been relevant for two generations. As I pointed out, the son of one of his teammates, Ken Griffey Jr., is already in the Hall of Fame. So it's been that long since he's even been in a game as a pinch hitter. And yet he's still in the conversation and he still comes up every year and he still sets up his autograph booth and he still signs the pictures and charges for them because he wants to be part of the conversation. He doesn't want to be one of the old people sitting on the podium. He wants to be in the martyr outside looking in because there's more money in that. 
It's been a long time. And I didn't mean to bring it up again, but I saw that on this day in baseball history. And I thought, yeah, I'm just going to bring it up one more time. That is until the election of the Hall of Fame takes place in January. And this conversation happens all over again. But I will say this. I'm going to go pretty tough on the trivia question today. When Pete Rose made his final appearance as a pinch hitter, he struck out to end the game. And ironically, it was a Hall of Famer who struck him out. Which Hall of Famer from the 1986 San Diego Padres struck out Pete Rose to end his his playing career? That's the trivia question. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Solomon Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Celebrating the wildness of the wild card and hoping it just gets wilder tomorrow morning. This has been Lockdown MLB for the 17th day of August 2023. Look it. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Sorry, Amy. You can call me Sully. Actually, not sorry to Amy. Amy can call me Sully. Oh, look it. I just need to put the end clip on. Sorry I said look it so often. Can you ever forgive me, Amy? Ah, look at the show's over. <laughs>